You are listening to the Grace Covenant Church Audio Podcast. Grab the sermon notes there if you'd like. To, you can follow along this morning. As we talk about um, a process of spiritual growth. So today we're launching a new series, and the series is actually going to take us about the next three weeks as we talk about some components, some components of, of spiritual growth. And my hope is, is that we're going to make some discoveries as to how we can continue to grow in our faith life. How many of you know that God expects you to grow in your faith life? He expects you to experience ongoing spiritual growth in your life. I mean, that's clearly defined in God's Word. We're going to look at that in just a minute. But we want to talk about the next few weeks that process of you continuing to grow in your life, becoming more like Christ. There's a great story, a great story of his dad, of a dad and a a younger daughter going to a county carnival. How many of you have ever, ever been to like a little local county carnival? You know what I'm talking about. So dad takes his daughter to the county carnival, and they're riding all of these rides that they have, and uh, and they decide that they want to get something to eat. So they go to the food tent, kind of in the middle of this uh, carnival that's happening, and they, they're they going to order some food. And so the dad asks his daughter what she would like, and she said, well, I would like some cotton candy. Uh, and so the dad placed the order of what he wanted his daughter to get some cotton candy. And um, he, he was handed this uh, wad of sugar on a paper stick. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You've been to the fair, paper stick, and it's just it's, it's a wad of sugar is what it is, all fluffed up. So he's got this big wad of cotton candy on a paper stick. He's looking at the cotton candy. He's looking at his, his young daughter, and he says, sweetie, well, this is a lot of cotton candy. I don't know if you're going to be able to eat all of this cotton candy. And the daughter says to her dad, says, Dad, it's okay. I'm a lot bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. <laughs> now, I think that statement should be true of us as Christ followers. That we should be bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. In other words, that there's an ongoing process of growth and development happening in our lives and that we are becoming more like Christ. I mean, that should be the goal of every Christ follower in the room today. It's what, that we're becoming more like Christ. It's the process of there being less of you and more of Jesus. Less of you, more of Jesus. Less of me and more of Jesus in my life. And I think we would all agree this morning we could all work on that a little bit. Are you with me this morning? Because yeah, well, we're, again, we're, we're all in this, this growth process. So we want to be bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. But for that to happen, we have to be intentional and in embracing a growth process. Now that, that varies for different people because we're all made different. We're all wired different. So it looks different for, for, for all of us. That we should all be in that process of becoming more like Christ. See, God's, God's goal for our lives is not comfort, but character development. Oftentimes, you know, we think God's, God's goal is to keep us all happy and to keep us all blessed. And I do believe that God wants to bless us. I, I actually believe that. It's, it's, it's defined in His Word. But God's more concerned about your character than your comfort. He's more concerned about your ongoing development, your growth process, than He is with just keeping you happy. 
So he's continually refining in our lives. You know, today, many assume that spiritual maturity is the amount of biblical information we have. And um, I think that's one measurement of maturity, but that's, that's only one measurement. You know, the Christian life, the Christian life is far more than creeds and convictions. It includes conduct and character. Our deeds must be consistent with our creeds and our beliefs must be backed up with Christ-like behavior. Hey, Christianity is not, not just a religion. Christianity is not a philosophy. Christianity is that of a living, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ in which we are engaging in should be like in an ongoing, growing process. So as believers, if we can think of it like this, as believers, as Christ followers, we're all in process. And, and that looks different for all of us. Now, I'm, I'm going to do a little drawing this morning. It's always dangerous when I have the pen. Uh, it takes quite a bit of imagination on your part to understand what I'm putting on the paper. So work with me this morning. Um, let's start with this. JC, Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? Are you tracking with me so far? So we have Jesus Christ in the center. He should be the center of our lives. Now, this growth process, as I said, is, is different for all of us. Um, so let me give you a few examples this morning. Let's say, and probably in a gathering this large, there's probably someone here who's been saved for 40 years. For 40 years, you've been walking with Jesus, and you've been very diligent in the process. You've embraced the spiritual disciplines. And today, if I were to ask you, you would say, well, I feel, I feel connected to Jesus. I feel close to Jesus. I'm living my life. I'm processing my life with Christ. Um, you've not arrived yet. None of us have arrived yet. We'll not arrive until we come to that. We'll not come to that place of perfection until we move beyond this life to eternal life. But for this individual, let's say, let's put them right here. And they're moving toward Jesus. Let's, let's have a second individual. Let's say that there's someone here this morning, and this would probably be true as well. You've been saved for 20 years. 20 years ago, someone introduced you to Jesus Christ. You opened your heart. You received God's grace, the wonder of his salvation. But if we were to be honest this morning, this kind of gut level honest, for 20 years you've not been real active in pursuing growth. You've not been real intentional in embracing the spiritual disciplines. It's not that you're not saved. You are saved. It's not that you're going to go to heaven. You are going to go to heaven. Uh, but for 20 years, you've just kind of been um, slowly moving along. Again, you, you've not been focused and diligent. It's probably the best word to say it. So let's say, um, let's put you out here somewhere. So you're a little further removed as we think about becoming like Christ. Because again, that's the definition of spiritual formation. Spiritual maturity is being conformed to the image and likeness of Christ. So you're out here, been saved 20 years, but you get a little further removed. But you're becoming like Christ. Let's have a third individual in this illustration. Let's say there's, that there's someone here this morning, probably so, who's been saved 10 years. Ten years ago, same process, someone introduced you to Jesus. You said, wow, greatest thing I've ever heard. Yes, I want him as my Savior. You made a decision to receive Christ as your Savior, but basically for ten years you've done nothing in relation to spiritual growth. 
you've come here on Sunday, you've sit in a pew, you've watched everything happen, and then you left and said, hmm, interesting. Now again, you're saved. Again, you're on your way to heaven. But if, if we're honest this morning, and I think church is a good place to be honest, um, if we're honest this morning, for 10 years, you've really done nothing to engage the process of becoming more like Christ. And I'm glad you're here, and I, I don't want anyone to be offended by this statement, but here's the reality. You've been a spectator, not a participator. You've been watching this thing happen. You've not been engaged in the process. So for 10 years, you've been knowing Jesus as your Savior. But you're like out here on the fringe. But still, we're all in the same process of becoming like Christ. One more, one more person in the illustration. Let's say this morning that there's someone here who been, you've been saved for a week. Just last week, someone shared with you the greatest news you've ever heard, the gospel message, and you said, absolutely, you got saved. And so, I mean, it's a week. I mean, you're like a new believer. So we're going to put you here because you've really not started the process of spiritual growth, but you're ready to get moving in, the, in that process. My, my point in this illustration is that we're all in different places as it relates to spiritual maturity. We're all, we're all in different seasons of our life. But what's most important is that we're all growing in the direction of Jesus. Because what? That's the goal. The goal is to be conformed to the image and the likeness of Christ, embracing that of an ongoing process of growth. See, spiritual growth... And spiritual development is not optional for Christ followers. It's not like, well, I'm going to choose. I don't know if I want to do that or not. Listen, it's really, it's really not optional. Just as we grow and develop physically, so we should be growing and developing spiritually. I want you to listen to a couple challenges from God's Word this morning. I know you're in John 15, so you don't have to turn to this. Actually, I have these verses on the screen this morning. Notice what the Apostle Paul wrote in, in, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. He says here, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So notice what Paul says here. He says that we should continue on. Now, how many of you know continue on is all about process? Would you agree with that? If I'm, if I'm walking this direction and I continue on in this direction, then I'm, I'm in process be the same for you. So Paul says here, we are to continue to live in Christ, in Him, in Christ. And notice he goes on to say, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. So here Paul is speaking of this ongoing growth process that should be happening in the life of a believer. And then Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, the author of Hebrews wrote these words, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Again, the scripture here is speaking of process. And we should be moving from elementary 
teachings to ongoing growth toward maturity. I mean, it's just like the educational process here in our country. How many of you know our kids start out in kindergarten, right? Thank you. So our kids start out in kindergarten, and then after kindergarten, there's first grade, and after first grade, there's second grade, and third grade, and and, and so forth, and you know, on up to high school, and then maybe college beyond that. But what there, there's a process of, of development and graduating forward. Listen, we don't teach our kindergartners algebra, geometry, and chemistry. And there's a reason for that. They're not ready. They're not at that place of development where they can handle those principles. So we wait until our students are like in the 10th, 11th grade, and, and then we're teaching algebra and, 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 and chemistry and geometry, all those things that I didn't get because I was taking shop when I was in school because I didn't think I would need those things, and obviously it wasn't a wise decision. But my point is, is there's a process of development, and it should be the same in our lives as Christ followers. Well, there's an expectation, there's an expectation, an ongoing expectation of growth. We're to live out, excuse me, let me back up just for a minute. Now, our strategy here at Grace Covenant, we have three components that we want to help you with in your growth process. In these three weeks, we're going to talk about each of these components. Here they are, connect, serve, grow, connect, serve, grow. This morning, I'm going to focus in on the first component being the connect component. If you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, connection is critical. Now, there's two corrections, two corrections, two connections that are of great significance if we're going to live out of vibrant faith, the first is this. You, you must connect in relationship with Jesus Christ. Obviously, that's the point of salvation. You must connect in an ongoing way in relationship with Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this in John 15, 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you are connected, if you abide in me, then you're going to have like a lot of life, a lot of productivity, a lot of fruitfulness. But if you don't remain in me, you're going to die. Right? I mean, it's, it's kind of like a branch. You cut a branch off a tree, what happens to the branch? It dies. Same process. Well, the branch, if it's going to be effective and productive, has to be connected to the tree. In the same way as Christ follows, if we're going to be effective and productive, Jesus says, hey, you've got to remain in me. So that's the first connection that's critical. The second is this. We need to connect in authentic relationship with others. And this is where I want to spend most of our time this morning. Through connecting an authentic relationship, we can encourage, challenge, correct, and speak into the lives of other believers while they do the same for us. See, every Christ follower, every Christ follower is called to belong, not just to believe. To belong, not just believe. It's believing that brings salvation. It's belonging that brings spiritual development. You know, Pastor Rick Warren says it really well in his book, Purpose Driven Life. Listen as I read this statement. He says, we're created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. And that's right on. I love that statement. Created for community, fashioned for fellowship, formed for a family. 
See, to live out, to live out a vibrant faith and to experience spiritual growth in your life, it is vital that you're connecting to and experiencing authentic community, authentic relationships. Now, that's not always, that's not always easy because connecting uh, in relationships oftentimes creates challenges. It can be a bit messy. Do you know why it's a bit messy? Because we're connecting with messed up people like ourselves. (laughs) Now the good news for us, all of the flawed people were in the prior services. None of them are in this service. Okay, so it's safe in this service. And if you're wondering, I told them all the messed up folks at Grace come to the 11 o'clock service. So we're in both ways here. But I mean, if you've been living life for any time at all, I mean, we all understand this. At times, connecting in authentic relationship is difficult. It's messy. I mean, we could talk about your family relationship. I mean, we could start there, talking about some dysfunction. I don't even know your family. I just know humanity. <laughs> we could talk about my family. I mean, that is a reality. And oftentimes, because relationships get messy our tendencies to withdraw and isolate and we do the opposite of what we need to do and oftentimes then we miss out on the opportunity for growth spiritual growth because we're not connecting an authentic community and the only way that we can live out the command of Christ and really grow in our relationship with Christ is through this whole concept of connecting to connect an authentic relationship And that way we carry out, we fulfill the command of Christ. So what is the command of Christ? John gives it to us here as Jesus said these words, John 15 verse 12. Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now, the first thing I would want you to notice here from Jesus' words is notice Jesus says, my command. So in other words, this is a command. This is not a suggestion, folks. Jesus is not saying here if it's, if it's convenient, if it's comfortable, well, if you would like to, um, then you can love each other as I love you. No, I, what I want you to see here. Really important. This is a command. Jesus is giving you a command and he qualifies the command. Notice the scripture goes on to say that we are to love others as he's loved us. Wow. So if we're going to live out the command of Christ, then we must be connecting and community. How many of you know it's difficult to live out love if you're not connected in relationship? Like it would be difficult to go to an island all by yourself, isolated unto yourself, and experience love. I mean, you could love yourself, but that's kind of a sick love. And oh, it's all about you. You're just, oh, look at me. I'm so lovely. And No, if we're going to fulfill the command of Christ, love one another, then there has to be community. There has to be, there has to be relationship. 
It's through connecting in community that we live out the command of love. You know, it's, love is the identifying characteristic of Christ's followers. If you flip back a couple of pages to John chapter 13, verse 14 and, and, and 15, it's there that, excuse me, John 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus said this, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I love, have loved you, so you must love one another. And then he goes on in verse 35 to say, the world will know that you're my followers by how you love. In other words, how we engage in community, how we connect an authentic relationship is actually a witness to a watching world of the reality of Christ in our lives. Where do they see it? They see it in community. I mean, if you study early church history, if you go to the book of Acts, one of the things that blew people away as they were watching the followers of the way, that's what early Christians were called, the followers of the way, as they were watching community happen, they were blown away. Why? Because they were, they were seeing love in action. And read about it in the book, book of Acts chapter 4. It talks about how the community of believers were together and no one lacked anything because if anyone had a need, they sold their possessions to give to the point of need. And a watching world was seeing that and saying, wow, we've never seen love like this. Happening where? In, in, in community. You know, as we connect an authentic community and then we're living love out in those relationships, man, it's a witness to the world. And this love that Jesus commanded us to share is, is experienced where? In authentic community. Again, it's impossible to experience love if you're living your life in isolation. Man, it's as we connect with others that we're able to receive love and give love. As we experience, uh, we experience that love, again, as we're connecting in relationship. A great illustration of this comes from one of our community groups here at, here at Grace Covenant. It's, it's a group of young adults. Matter of fact, it's a group made up of main, mainly college students. So think about that, college students. And they're, they're learning to share life together. And they're encouraging one another, investing in one another. Well, I received an email from, from the leader of the group. He says, Pastor, I just wanted to share with you a, a couple of the stories. He says, you know, our group is made up mainly of college students. And oftentimes, uh, as college students, man, finances are a challenge. And said so that more than once, more than one time, we've had members of our group who were going to be evicted from their apartment uh, because they couldn't pay their rent. And it says, in our community group, in the midst of this authentic relationship being shared, we encouraged our friends, we prayed over our friends, and then we all pitched in together and helped pay their rent. Let me know that's a miracle. College students are broke, right? They ain't got no money. Yet, they were willing to take from what they had to meet a need in the midst of their community. What love being experienced where? An authentic relationship. Not only is love experienced in community, but, but love grows. Where? Again, an authentic community. This command of Christ, what it happens, it grows as we're connected in relationship with each other. As we're living this out, as we're connecting in relationship, as we're investing in, in people, what happens? Love deepens. Love grows. As we connect in healthy relationship and authentic community, this is what I'm confident of today. 
everyone wins. Why? Because we're better together. We're better together. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, we're better together. Isn't that true? Man, we are better together as we're, as what? We're living out community. Again, it's there. We're living out the command of Christ. It's there that, that we're experiencing growth in our lives. So when we're better together, everyone wins. I don't know about you, but I like win-win. You like win-win? I was dealing with a really tense situation this week. Um, and I had two parties that I was working with. And um, as I sat down with one party and talked with them, and I sat down with another party and talked with them, uh, I said, listen, somehow in the midst of this, we got to find a win-win. I win, you lose. It's not acceptable. It's not. We're not going to stop talking until we find a win-win. And, and that's what I love about healthy community, authentic community. In authentic community, everyone wins. Everyone benefits. When we're better, we're better together. See, together we receive affirmation in the struggles of life. Galatians 6.2 says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. So what is the law of Christ? You've got to go back to our text this morning, John 15. What's the law of Christ? The law of Christ is love one another. So Paul's saying, as we carry one another's burdens, we actually are doing what Jesus told us to do. We're living out love. Now, how many of you know it's difficult to carry someone else's burdens if you don't know who they are? Isn't that true? I mean, to, to some degree, you've got to be in their world to understand what's happening in their world so you can come alongside them and help them carry their burdens. Hey, together, we receive affirmation. Together, we find encouragement and help as we're where? In community. I mean, we've seen this happen in so many different ways in, in community groups and study groups here at Grace. Let me just tell you one story really quick. This comes from one of our community groups. They, um, the host family, the host home, had a next-door neighbor, a single father, and they invited him to come to their community group. And he responded yes. I mean, they'd been good neighbors. And, and so he said, yeah, I'll come. And so he started going to their community group. And from their community group, he started coming here on Sunday morning to worship. Well, this single dad, his son, his name, uh, his name was Braden. Brayden, uh, 10 years old, but when he was born, he was born with a rare heart disease, uh, a lot of health challenges. And at 10 years of age, this happened last fall, at 10 years of age, Brayden unexpectedly passed away. Now think about that. As a parent, as a grandparent, your child, 10 years of age, dies. I mean, that's, that's deep pain. That's deep grief. That's tragedy. And in the midst of that, what happened is the community group rallied around this single dad. And they brought affirmation in the struggle that he was walking through. We had the, the funeral service here at the church. After the funeral service, they wanted to celebrate Braden's life. So they had this pool party in the backyard of the host family of this community group. Over 100 people showed up to celebrate Braden's life. They provided all the food. Wow, you talk about Man, life happening. But it ha I want you to catch as it happened out of community. As people were living life, as they were doing life together. It was there that the affirmation came. Folks, this is what I know 
in your life you're going to have trouble. I don't say that this morning to prophesy doom over you, but it's just a reality. I mean, Jesus said it like this in John 16, 33. He said, in this world you will have trouble. I mean, you know, that is a reality. In life you will have trouble. The question is when. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I do know it's going to happen because that's the reality of the world we live in. And listen, when the trouble comes, you don't want to have to face the storm alone. That's why you want to build into, invest into healthy community. It's there you're growing in your relationship with Christ. And it's there that you're receiving affirmation in the struggles of life. And together, we're all better, right? What does it happen when we're together? Not only that, together we, we find fulfillment in life. Man, it's in community that you have fulfillment and fun. You discover great joy. I love this passage of Scripture in Psalms 133. I, I want to read the first part and the last part. Uh, it's all on the screen, but let me just read this first sentence and the last sentence. It says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How many of you know that unity is a root word of community? Right? We, we have commune, that we're, we're coming together, and then unity, community. So unity is a root word of community. And notice the scripture says, that God says, it's good and pleasant when my people live together in unity, enjoyed in the midst of community. And notice what he says will happen as we're enjoying community. The last line of this passage of Scripture says, For there, in the presence of community, for there the Lord bestows His blessing, even life forevermore. So where does God bestow His blessing? He bestows His blessing in the midst of community. And it's there that He says, hey, there's life forevermore. Where? In community. That's why we're better together. Why? Because we discover life. We find fulfillment in life as we are together connecting in relationship. We're also better together because we experience spiritual growth together. You know, Proverbs 27, 17 reads like this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As, as iron sharpens iron, so one man helps another man grow. We could read it like that. I mean, here's how it practically works out. The, I can help my friend Brian grow, and Brian can help me grow. I can speak correction into Brian's life, and Brian can speak correction into my life. I can add value to Brian's life, and Brian can add value to my life. And together, as we're in relationship, he helps me become better. He helps me grow in my life. And, and I, could, I could give you illustration after illustration, but pretty much my whole life, I've been blessed to have individuals speak into my life, and it always happened in the context of relationship. I could talk with you about coaches in high school. I could talk with you about... Uh, professors in college, mentors that I've had along the way, my present accountability partners. I could talk with you about the operation team that I work with here at the church. Man, it's just a group of folks. We're doing life together, and they're helping me be better. Listen, one of the blessings of, of authentic relationship, of connecting in community, is we can help each other grow. And again, together, everyone wins. 
Why? Because we're helping each other become more like Christ. You know, we're also better together because together we discover partnership. Partnership in the opportunities of life. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, the Scripture says it so clearly and so well. Verse 9 says, two are better than one. Two are better than one. It's two in relationship. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Not hard to figure out, is it? Two can do more than one. Two are better than one because as they're working together, as they're like doing the work out of relationship, they get a they better return for their labor. Goes on to say, if either of them falls down, then one can help the other up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Again, I don't want to prophesy doom over you this morning, but this is what I know you're going to fall. And just, again, reality of our humanity. It will happen. What you don't want to do is fall alone and have no one to help you up. But as, as, as we're connecting in community and relationship together, we can discover these partnerships and the opportunities of life. We have someone to help us. We get a better return on our work. You know, a great illustration, great illustration of this is what's happening with the Neighborhood Care Center. Neighborhood Care Center. Last week, we broke ground. Last Sunday afternoon, large crowd gathered. We broke ground. We prayed over the property. And just a few weeks coming up on that lot is going to be the care center. And from the care center, we're going to impact that community. From the care center, we're going to empower future generations. I mean, we're going to bring life to that community through the care center. But, you know, I could have never done that project on my own. I don't have the knowledge necessary. I certainly don't have the resources to fund it. I mean, I could have never, I could have never pulled that off on my own. But get this, together, together we can embrace opportunities that bring life. We're partners in opportunities of life. That's why I say we're, we're better together. That's why we need to get connected, stay connected, and be, be committed to doing life together. There's partnerships bring life. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs 6, 6 that potentially you've read before and scratched your head a bit saying, I don't, I don't know about that verse. The verse reads like this. Go to the ant, consider its ways, and be wise. That's Solomon, who's saying, go to the ant. I mean, you know, when I say an ant, I'm talking about that little pesky insect. Solomon says, go to the ant, consider its ways, and be wise. And you're probably thinking, what in the world can I learn from an ant? You know, back in the fall, we had the floods down in South Carolina. How many of you remember that? I mean, horrendous. Houses underwater. It was just a really sad situation for so many folks. Well, in the midst of that flood, there was a photographer who captured a picture, and the picture was of a group of ants. And I actually have a, I have the slide that I want to show you this morning. What, what you see on the screen here, it's hard for you to identify uh, from that distance, but this is, this is a floating raft of fire ants. 
who connected together for survival. Isn't that not amazing? I did a little more research. When I saw this picture, I, I thought, well, I want to know more about this. Um, biologists say in less than two minutes, in less than two minutes, a whole mound of fire ants will connect one to another to create a floating, la- floating raft that they might survive a situation like this. Now, folks, I think all of us in here this morning are smarter than ants. But they got something on us. They know how to connect for survival. Listen, if the ants can do it, how many of you think we we could do it as well? We should do it as well. Not just so that we can survive. We need to connect an authentic relationship so we can thrive. And that's why the Scripture makes such a big deal. Again, going back to Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Paul says, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue. Continue to live in Him. How do we do that? Through this whole process of, of being connected. To connect, to connect an authentic community. So as I, as I wrap this up this morning, I want to just quickly leave you with three points of application. So I've talked with you about the value of connecting. I've talked with you about how we're all better together. The significance of it in relation to your spiritual growth. So what do you do with this? Three things. First is you really have to understand the value of authentic connection. If you don't think it's important, then you're not going to make it a priority. I, I don't know how to say it any other way than that. If you don't think this is a big deal, then you're never going to have time for it in your life. You'll continue to live a bit isolated, a bit disconnected, because you don't understand the significance. So so first, we we need to understand the value of authentic connection. The second is, is we need to initiate. So we want to understand, then we want to initiate. We want to initiate authentic relationship. It was Ralph Waldo Emerson, see if you can finish this quote, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the only way to have a friend is to be a friend. friend. Have a friend, and we need to be a friend. So I, I would encourage you to take the initiative to connect with others. You know, if you're not a part of a community group or a study group here at Grace, that's, that's one way. It's not the only way. In a lot of ways you can connect in community, an authentic relationship, and encourage one another to grow. But, but one of the really easy ways here at Grace Covenant is to get connected to a study group or a community group. Out in the foyer, there's um, a couple stands that have cards uh, that, ha- that introduce you to different life group leaders and tells you where they're at geographically in our community. Also, there's some brochures that are available that you could pick up this morning. Uh, we have, here at Grace, we have... Uh, study groups and we have community groups we just call them groups at grace study groups community groups. so you can pick up one of these brochures this morning uh, and just kind of check it out but this is what i know you need to initiate you can't just sit on the sidelines and watch this happen listen don't continue to be a spectator okay be it be uh, a participator Get, get in the game. So you want to initiate. And here's the third action point that I think is necessary as we connect. Is we need to invest. To invest in authentic community. How many of you know quality relationships require work? 
That's true. It takes work. I mean, just think about the marriage relationship if you're married or you've been married. I mean, you know, marriage takes work. You don't just like have a wedding and wow, great marriage. No, marriage takes work. And marriage is, is just, it's a relationship. It's a covenant relationship. It's a unique relationship, but it's a relationship. And just like the marriage relationship, listen, every relationship, if it's going to be real, if it's going to be authentic, if it's going to be life transforming, then it requires investment. So be willing to make the investment. Be willing to make the commitment. You know, the Bible says that we're put together we're joined together, we're built together, we're members together, heirs together, fitted together, and held together, and someday we're all going to be caught up together. That's why, folks, I say we're better. We're better together. You know, there's, there's to be no Lone, Ra- Lone Ranger Christ followers. In other words, you're isolated. Man, that's, that's not God's plan for your life. We must engage, we must invest, we've got to connect to healthy community. I want to share really quick with you one last story this morning. This is so fresh on my mind because it just happened this past week. We have a gentleman in our congregation who's a builder, a single man. He was out on the job site this week. Uh, Long story short, but he was unloading some metal, stepped into a hoe, got the metal on top of him, and ended up uh, breaking his leg multiple times, just below the kneecap. Uh, his ankle was shattered, um, like broken five different places. They had to do surgery to remove bone fragment and then plates and screws to kind of put it all back together. Um, the good news is, is he's, he's in the process of recovery. But Saturday, just yesterday afternoon, I was able to finally connect with the young man to say, hey, how you doing? How can we pray for you? Is there anything you need? And this is what he told me on our phone conversation. He said, you know, Pastor, since this accident has happened, I have been blown away um, by individuals just calling to check on me. So I've had, I've had numerous calls. So I've had individuals offer that I would come and stay with them while I'm recovering. I've had individuals who've offered to come and finish this, this project, this construction project that I've, I'm contracted to finish. He says, it has been overwhelming the support I have received in the midst of this crisis. Folks, that is the value of community. That's the value of connecting in healthy relationship. When we fall, we have someone to help us up. We have people around us who can speak into our lives, who can help us in this ongoing process of becoming more like Christ. Let me say it one more time. We are better together. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the wonder of your love, your grace, your provision for our lives. God, for your rescue of our lives, bringing us into relationship with yourself that we might be able to enjoy and engage in healthy relationship with others. Hello, this morning my prayer would simply be that individuals today who's heard this message would understand the value of engaging in healthy community. Lord, I know for some, Lord, they're already doing it. Lord, 
Lord, it's a big part of their lives. They're, they're uh, investing in others, challenging others, encouraging others, doing life with others. And Lord, I just pray that they would this morning be affirmed through this message to say, wow, we just got to keep doing this. But Lord, I would also know that there's individuals here today who've been living a bit isolated. They've been playing it a little safe. They've been playing the role of a spectator, kind of watching this thing happen rather than being engaged in a process of ongoing growth, spiritual growth in their lives. Lord, I pray for that individual today, Holy Spirit, that you would make them so uncomfortable that they just couldn't sit on the sidelines anymore. Holy Spirit, that you would convict them as to the the necessity of, of being connected into authentic relationship and authentic community. That you would so unsettle them that they would not be able to rest until they find that place of, until they uh, initiate that place of community. But it's so critical that we learn to do life together, that we're connecting in healthy community. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would, uh, Lord, just weigh that heavy upon their hearts this morning. And God, I thank you for what's going to happen in the coming weeks and months as individuals say, yeah, I'm going to make this a priority. I'm going I'm to take the initiative and I'm going to make the investment. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.